today we are talking about celebrating holidays through inductions. Welcome and thanks for joining us on another episode of Doula to Doula, where we talk about pregnancy, birth, motherhood, and the doula life. I'm Exie Bueller, a certified labor and birth doula and childbirth educator. I'm also a licensed and board certified massage therapist and owner of Tringle Touch Birth and Women's Wellness. My co-host is Chana Vaughn. Together, we're going to help each other grow, give each other support, and see how we apply our doula skills to everyday life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone, how are you doing? It's been a while. Our last episode was back in the middle of August, and as you can tell, I am here alone today. It is the middle of November and our planned short hiatus ended up unexpectedly long, much like labor and birth itself, uh, life can be unpredictable. So uh, October was full of babies and other surprises that life offers is all that I can say. Uh, between Chana and I, we had three babies born in the month of October in our business, Trinkle Touch Birth and Women's Wellness which we were so thrilled. And anybody who listened to our last episode back in August might remember that we talked about the Motherhood Expo. Unfortunately, um, we were planning on talking and having our next episode. We weren't sure if we were gonna do one in September, and then we decided um, we'll just wait until after the Expo and we'll do a post-Expo episode. And unfortunately, the numbers of COVID infections here in the state of Michigan have been climbing quite quickly over the last month or so. And the organizers very intuitively and lovingly made the decision. It was an excruciating decision, but they made the decision to cancel the expo because of um, questions about safety. I mean, honestly, I, I'm starting to know people who are fully vaccinated and have been infected with um, the virus. So these are not times to let our guard down. And because of that, we didn't have an expo to have an episode about. But that being said, other life changes have happened. And Chana has stepped back from primary doula work for the moment. You might remember uh, we did a an episode about how the pandemic has changed things and uh, she's had a lot of changes in her life and that's the lovely thing about this work is that you can step back and put your attention towards your family when you need to and we have such an incredible partnership I'm fully supportive of that and she is still there as my as my backup and as my partner so we are still working together it's just all of the doula clients that are coming to Trinkle Touch now have me as their primary doula which is amazing and I love that and Chana is there as a support and the cheerleader and the backup should I need her so that's fantastic. We are in the middle of November, which in the United States is like the beginning of the winter holiday season. A lot of times podcasts at this time of year are talking about inductions and we are also talking about inductions or I am also talking about inductions, I should say, but I'm not talking about induction methods. If you want to know about some induction methods some pros and cons and things like that, you can go back to episode four, which is where we talk about induction methods. 
I'm also not anti-induction. Chana and I both have had inductions. We've had positive induction experiences. And if you want to hear those, you can go back to episode five of Doula to Doula, which is our induction stories. And I have to admit, they're, they're pretty good. So you, you should probably go back and listen to it. This episode, we are talking about just what happens at this time of year or really any time of year in any country where there's big holidays coming up. There are absolutely medical inductions that require the baby to be born either for the safety and health of the birth giver or for the safety and health of the baby. There are also legitimate non-medical or elective inductions that are for the reason of it being the best choice for the family. So depending on the reasons, the health statuses of the birth giver and of the baby, the exploration of options for an induction during the shared decision-making between the birthing person and their partner, and then between the two of them and their healthcare provider will look different. But it's really vital that all reasonable options are presented and that ultimately those choices are informed and made without coercion. So why am I talking about this right now? It's because people are looking forward to getting together. And a lot of times that means looking at when a baby is due, if it is falling within the range of a holiday. Experts in the fields of perinatal mental health and general mental health and obstetrics and midwifery have been trying to raise public awareness that the experiences of labor and birth, in other words, how a birthing person and their partner feel throughout the process, did they feel safe, supported, and heard by those who are charged with their care? That experience has long-lasting implications for both the parent's mental health, their relationships with each other, their relationships with their friends and families, and even their relationships with their new babies. So what happens in the birth center or in the labor and delivery room is about so much more than having a baby. It is about so much more than having a healthy baby. Episode six, Chana and I talked about postpartum recovery is not about the baby. There are physical things that happen in the postpartum period that we address in that episode, things that are practical guides that you can use to help your postpartum recovery be a little bit better. In episode 14, the title is, A Healthy Baby Is Not All That Matters. And that's where this experience, this feeling that you have during your baby's labor and birth, that is what is impactful. And we address that in episode 14. So when you're thinking about the holiday, any holiday, whether you're in the U.S. and you're on the cusp of the Thanksgiving holiday, or if you're in another country or listening to this in another time of year, any kind of holiday where you feel a little bit more pressure to have your baby in time for the holiday, it would be wise to look at your options. 
I'm going to pause for a minute and go back to what we had planned for the expo. One of the things that we were going to do is raffle off a couple of new classes. So as a childbirth educator, I have been giving pregnancy and birth classes for years. I have several options for birth classes. They're always private. I meet with just the birth giver and their birth partner. We can really individualize things at that point. This year, I instituted the option for client-collaborated birth class. So while I have a pre-structured, informed choices class, for the client-collaborated class, what I really love about it is I get the input of the birth giver and their birth partner so that I can tailor the class to exactly what it is their concerns are. So now, as we're looking at 2022, I have decided to unveil two new classes. And the grand unveiling of these classes was going to be at the expo, but um, again, for safety reasons, we did not have the expo happen. So I am unveiling them here in this podcast right now. I am offering a raffle for a free private virtual class. There are two to choose from. A post-birth care for new parents where we talk about recovery, what it looks like for both the birth giver and the birth partner. The second class that I'm offering uh, with this raffle is confident newborn care. A lot of people who are having a baby have never cared for a baby before, and even if they had, they haven't necessarily cared for a brand new baby. So we'll talk a little bit about what you can expect and how you can confidently take care of your new baby. So if you would like to enter the raffle for one of those free virtual classes, you can go to tranquiltouchforwomen.com learn dash more. That's tranquiltouchforwomen.com slash learn dash more. And I'll have that link in the show notes. The raffle entries will be closing at the beginning of December. So you have a couple of weeks to go ahead and enter it. There are details on the raffle form. And I would just love to see as many people as possible enter this raffle and have the opportunity to win one of these virtual private classes. In addition, by entering the raffle, you will get an exclusive free gift in your email after you have submitted your raffle form. So if for no other reason, go ahead and complete the raffle form and maybe you'll win, but you'll definitely get a really helpful free gift. So back to our topic at hand. Why am I talking about inductions now? Again, here in the US, families throughout the country are making holiday plans that start with the Thanksgiving holiday later this month. Most people who celebrate Thanksgiving view it as the beginning of a months-long opportunity to spend time with family and loved ones, with extra emphasis on being able to get together this year as things continue to open up more since the pandemic began. So even though I said that here in the state of Michigan, I think we made national news yesterday, we are the hotspot of the United States right now, unfortunately. But that is not stopping people from making their holiday plans of getting together and traveling and all of those things. So we have to just face the facts. This is happening. This includes obstetricians and midwives who have been on the front lines caring for both healthy and sick pregnant people, people who are both pregnant and COVID positive, people whose pregnancies ended in loss, 
These obstetricians and midwives are merely human and have the same social and emotional needs as the rest of us. Unfortunately, that may lead some providers to recommend inductions that may be somewhat influenced by their very human needs. So as pregnant people or as partners of pregnant people who are listening to this podcast, this is for you. I will be sharing information today from the most recent research conducted by Rebecca Decker and her incredible team at Evidence-Based Birth. You can go to Evidence-Based Birth and find a wealth of information on a variety of topics for pregnancy and birth, but you can specifically find a lot of information and research that they've pulled together on inductions. So let's begin. According to the Listening to Mothers 3 survey from 2013, 41% of people in the U.S. reported that their provider tried to induce labor. Not just recommended induction, but actually tried to induce their labor. 41%. That's a lot. In the state of California, another survey was done, and out of 1,000 people who underwent attempted induction, 20% of those failed to start labor. So induction does not always result in labor. That's the first thing to remember. Of those thousand people who underwent an attempted induction, there were five top reasons that they said were given by their providers. And I'm going to list those now. Number one, the baby was full term and close to the due date. Number two, there was some kind of health concern for either the baby or the birth giver that the provider felt required birth to happen soon. Number three, there were provider concerns about the patient being overdue or past their estimated due date. Number four, their water broke and the provider was concerned about an infection. Number five, they believed that the baby was growing too big. Now, I'm not going to get into the research and the details about each one of those reasons that have been listed here. You can find the research and details of these top five reasons, among a lot of other things, by searching the Evidence-Based Birth blog. So just go to Evidence-Based Birth, scroll down to the little tab that says blog, and there's a search bar you can put in these topics and find the research and read it for yourselves. Now, if you are considering an induction for any reason, I recommend that you learn your Bishop score. So this is not a perfect formula. It's not a guaranteed way of determining who will have a successful vaginal birth with an induction versus those whose induction methods will fail to get you into an active labor, which will result in a cesarean. And a failure of induction methods is an inability for a patient to get to six centimeters dilated with progressive contractions. All of that aside, the Bishop score can be a useful tool to help you discuss your options with your provider to make the best informed choice for you and your family. So again, there are several methods that you can consider for an induction and you can listen to our discussion on those methods back in episode four. Then you can look up the research on each of those methods on the evidence-based birth blog. Interestingly, 
the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists and the Society for Maternal and Fetal Medicine in the United States both give strong recommendations for providers to give more time, in other words, wait and see, for up to 24 hours for a patient who is in early labor or one who has had regular contractions, and then if the waters are broken either on their own or by the provider, that Pitocin should be administered for at least 12 to 18 hours before diagnosing that the induction methods have failed and a cesarean may take place. So let's go back and hit the highlights on that. If you are in early labor and your water is intact, it is recommended by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine in the United States that your provider waits and watches for up to 24 hours before intervening. If your waters are broken, then it is recommended that Pitocin be administered to you for at least 12 to 18 hours to see if you can get to six centimeters dilated with progressive contractions before your provider says, this induction is failing, we need to go to a cesarean. If your waters are not broken, if you and your baby are doing well, even if it's 24 hours, then the induction should not be declared a failure necessitating a cesarean. So if you're doing well and your baby's doing well and your waters are intact, even if it's been 24 hours, there's no real reason for your providers to intervene and say that you need to have a cesarean. As a seasoned birth doula, prenatal massage therapist, and childbirth educator who has, in one way or another, provided support to hundreds of pregnant and birthing people, there is an undeniable trend that begins several weeks before an impending holiday, whether it is in America here the 4th of July or Thanksgiving, or if it's a more of a globally accepted holiday like Christmas or any number of holidays. My clients start saying that they or a pregnant loved one has been told by their provider that for one reason or another, their baby might need to be induced. This starts weeks before the holiday date. This is at an intersection of the holiday and the estimated due date. You know, if you're five months pregnant and a holiday is coming, your doctor's not gonna recommend an induction, obviously. But if you are due December 20th, and Christmas is on December 25th. Unfortunately, talk of induction seems to increase in the weeks before. You also have this anticipation to meet your new baby, and it runs high throughout pregnancy for all involved. But when the estimated due date coincides with a holiday that brings so many people together, the desire to celebrate that holiday by being able to introduce your new baby to your family can be intense. And even if that's not you anticipating or wanting that so badly, it might be pressure from your family members that you're coping with. So it can be tempting to assume that your induction will go perfectly. You and your baby will come home quickly, healthy, happy, and ready to celebrate. Again, if your provider is recommending an induction, ask them. Medically speaking, am I okay? Medically speaking, is my baby okay? Use your brain 
This is a model of decision-making that is very common within the doula world. It's an acronym. So BRAIN, B-R-A-I-N. Ask what the benefits of that intervention, i.e. induction, would be. Ask what the risks might be. Ask if there are any alternatives to whatever it is that they are offering to you. So whatever method that they're suggesting for an induction, ask them, are there any alternatives that you can try? The I in brain stands for intuition. You, birth giver, you have a strong gut feeling. You have been growing this baby and making good choices and being a good parent throughout this pregnancy. Trust your intuition. It is strong. It is accurate. Have confidence in yourself and listen to it. If your intuition is telling you that maybe you need to ask some more questions, go for it. If your intuition is telling you that this may not be the right decision, ask those questions. If your intuition is telling you, no, I'm good, let's do this, then do it. But trust your intuition. Finally, the N in brain stands for nothing. Consider the possibility of doing nothing, choosing not to have an induction. The bottom line is you have options. Even if there are some medical indications supporting an induction, you have options. You have the right to ask as many questions as you need to make the best choice for you and your family. You have the right to say no, you have the right to say yes, and you have the right to decide which methods you will accept. So a couple of recommendations that I have is that you acknowledge any fears that you may have about labor, birth, cesarean, and even about the emotional impacts that these events may have on you, your partner, and your family. Ask your provider for your Bishop score. If you don't know what that is, again, Google Bishop score. It will tell you what it is and what is looked for to compose that score. Ask what your provider's induction rate is for the last 10 births. So out of the last 10 births, how many of those were induced? Then you ask them, what is their cesarean rate? Out of the last 10 inductions, how many of those babies were born via cesarean? Remember that when an induction ends in a cesarean, it is not you, it is not your body. It is not your baby that has failed. It is the induction procedure that has failed. It is the induction methods that have failed. It is not you or your body. If you do choose an induction, I strongly encourage you to make a plan. Inductions may be exceptionally long. Inductions may involve more than one method. Your induction may also impact your choices for pain management. Explore these, discuss these with your partner, come to a conclusion that you're both comfortable with. These are not easy things to explore. There's a lot of information out there. Evidence-based birth is the best place to get accurate research and information. But you can also get assistance from your doula, or you can schedule a virtual planning session with someone like me where we focus on your individual concerns and needs 
to create a plan that you and your birth partner are comfortable with. So with me, there are hourly appointments. So sometimes I have clients who just need one. Other times I have clients that need multiple, but they don't want a doula for whatever reason, or they just need to target um, certain concerns and take care of those, and we do that. So appointments can be made online at TranquilTouchForWomen.com. Because they're virtual, anybody listening to this podcast can schedule an appointment, and I will do my best to help you weed through all of the decisions that you have to make, all of the options that are facing you, all of the emotions and feelings that are tied up into all of this, so that you can be most comfortable moving forward in this amazing journey that you're on. Finally, try not to worry so much about your provider's feelings. If you are fortunate enough to have a good, positive, bonded relationship with your obstetrician or your midwife, that is amazing. But it doesn't take precedence over your experience and your feelings. So I'm just going to share briefly a highlight. Again, you can go back and listen to all the details of my induction story in the prior episodes. But my induction happened on Easter Sunday. My doctor had told me once you know I was settled and comfortable, he told me that he felt a little bit torn between staying with me, especially since my first birth had been hard, and the fact that his family was gathering for dinner. I guess they'd come from out of town. Because I had been driving the decisions throughout this induction process, and because I felt supported and cared for, and I had confidence in my body and my baby, which I didn't have the first time around, I told him to go home and enjoy the time with his family. My second son, whose birth was induced, was born with the on-call doctor. I had never met him before, and I was completely okay with that because the decision had been mine to make. And that's really what it boils down to. Not that inductions are good or inductions are bad. Not that the procedures themselves are in question just generally speaking. There are specific risk factors that you need to take into consideration for your own personal health and baby's health and have those discussions with your provider. And use those discussions to determine what the best choices are for you and your family. And when I say your family, I don't mean your extended family that wants to all come and meet the new baby, but you and your birth partner and any other children that you might have in the home. The people who are going to be there every day during your postpartum recovery. The ones who are going to be there through the emotional transition that you are having in those early days and weeks. Think about it. Consider some of the things we've talked about today. I hope that I've reached you and helped you to feel confident that the choices that you face are yours to make, that there are no right or wrong answers. It's just what's right for you. Remember that I have this raffle. I'm offering post-birth recovery care for new parents and confident newborn care. Please go to tranquiltouchforwomen.com slash learn dash more. Check the show notes. The link will be there to enter the raffle and you will get a free gift in your inbox after you've submitted your form. You can go to tranquiltouchforwomen.com, click on the birth services and schedule a virtual planning session with me. I would love to help you One of our listeners, plan and prepare for the birth of your baby, this amazing life-changing event. Long distance hellos from Chana. 
wishing you all the best. Hopefully we'll see you guys in four weeks. Life, just like labor and birth, have unexpected twists and turns, and we just have to go with them. So I appreciate your patience in waiting for this episode. I know that it's not what we initially planned, but I hope that you found it helpful, and we'll see you in four weeks. Thanks for joining us again on another episode of Doula to Doula. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite